Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show Podcast. Now, normally on the sports show, we do a lot of phone interviews. It's just the way it is in this day and age. You know, we're talking to people outside the city. They might be busy. But on this episode of the podcast, it's a no-phone zone. Two in-studio guests. First, Paul Castus, heading to Prague for the World Junior Ball Hockey Championships. Head coach of Canada West and Winnipegger Zach Greenberg on his time as the Blue Bombers' long snapper in preseason. We'll talk about his journey from a Winnipeg high school to the CFL field and what's in the future for him on the podcast. I just want to welcome into the studio Paul Castus, who is heading to Prague for the World Junior Ball Hockey Championships tomorrow, Paul. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, thanks. Excited about heading overseas? Yeah, very excited. Um, ready to get going. Lots of build-up and lots of prep work, but uh, I think we're ready to go. So very this excited. Is, so this is Team Canada then? It's Team Canada West. Okay. Yeah. So we have then, I assume, two teams? Yes, Team Canada East as well. And how many Manitobans are on the West team here? So we have seven players and then uh, myself as the head coach and an equipment manager. So nine total. Out of... Out of uh, 22 players and about five staff members. Okay, so a heavy portion. Good, yeah, good size, yeah. And um, how long have you been preparing for this? How long have you been practicing leading up to this? So um, the team was selected uh, at last year's national championships, which was in uh, August. Um, our Manitoba under-15 team won the national championships, which is probably why you see such a large contingent of Manitoba players. Um, once that team's picked, uh, coaching applications go out. I threw my name out there and, and through an interview process was lucky enough to be selected. Um, once that happens, we don't have any contact or any, any face-to-face contact with the players. It's all via phone, via text, via email. Um, so no practicing or nothing like that until we get out there. Uh, we'll be out in Pilsen, Czech Republic for a training camp for four days before we start the tournament. What's the age cap on the World Juniors? So this this division is the under-16 division. Okay. And do a lot of these players that, that come from Manitoba play together already? Uh, on a variety of teams, yeah. Um, but but there's some chunks on, on different teams. They play against each other in our under-20 uh, division in our Manitoba Ball Hockey Association. Okay, so for those who may not know, take us through the basic rules of ball hockey as it differs from ice hockey. Okay, so very similar rule-wise. Um the one big different rule would be once the ball enters the blue line, the blue line is essentially erased and the whole zone becomes red line in. Just creates a lot more space and, and a lot more technical difficulties when you're trying to move the ball around in such a big area and trying to defend as well. Um, the floating blue line. The floating blue line, yes, you got it. Yeah, so in terms of equipment, uh, is it? do most people wear shin pads? Yeah, yeah, shin pads are required. They have a ball hockey variety, so a lot lighter. Um, oh, like a soccer shin pad? All, uh, knee down, uh, okay. specific to ball hockey and, and broom ball. Um, very very good to run in, very light, uh, but, but good protection at the same time. Those balls are pretty hard, so mm-hmm. it's probably a good thing. And you mentioned running. This is all, it's just so much running involved in ball hockey. It is running like crazy. Just picture yourself running on an ice hockey rink and then times it by as much as the European size is bigger than uh, our rinks here, and that's what you got. How do you adjust for that difference in gearing up for this? Well, uh, when we made contact with the players, we relayed that to them, that, that running and foot speed and cardio was going to be of utmost importance uh, for our success here. Um, 
basically they've all been training. Uh, most of these guys are very high-end ice hockey players and, and they're in training programs already. Um, I, I'm confident our group is going to be in great shape and, and willing to and capable of playing on that floor. Fair to say that a lot of people view ball hockey as a, a great off-season training tool? Well, yeah, I I, th- I personally think it is. Um, obviously, you get your cardio in there. You, you get some hands work and stuff like that too. But it's just a really good change-up from ice hockey. You know, a lot of these guys, like I said, are high-end ice hockey guys, WHL picks and such. And their their winters are very uh, ice hockey heavy, very pressure filled. So so this is more of a laid back, have some fun, play some ball hockey while at the same time staying in shape. And then uh, we happen to go to a World Championships where the intensity will pick up a little bit. How chippy does it get? It can get it can get chippy. Yeah, um, we're normally a little bit more of the ice hockey style coming from Canada here. So so we'll have to adjust to the way the refing's going to be called for us and stuff. But uh, yeah, it can get chippy. When did you first start playing ball hockey? So I started in 2009, uh, just playing in the recre- recreational league here in Winnipeg. And then uh, from 2010 on, I played for the uh, Team Manitoba team at Nationals. And uh, once 2017 competed at the Men's Team Canada stage. Are a lot of people playing ball hockey in Manitoba? Is it mostly just a summer sport? Yeah, mo- mostly summer. Uh, not a huge m- number, but we we are growing. This year we were a little bit, our numbers were up from last year. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, we're relatively small compared to other provinces, which, you know, I feel makes our success at nationals so much more uh, impressive. It's just a, a small number of people to pick from, and yet we're we're constantly successful in these tournaments. Yeah, what's our track record at these tournaments? Uh, we have, I believe, six junior national championships in the last nine years. That's good. Um, which is which is very good. We don't have a men's national championship uh, dating back until 1981, so not in the modern era here. Uh, last year we hosted the tournament here and, and unfortunately came third, but uh, there, there's a lot of young talent here, so hopefully one day soon we'll get the men's championship. Why there. haven't we won it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there, there's good players everywhere. You know, We're going out there and giving it our all, but we have a small number to pick from here. It's it's not overly, you know, our pool's not as big as BC and Ontario and such, so it's tough for us. What do you like about ball hockey? I like... I like the strategy that goes into it. Like I always describe it when you're when you're moving the ball up the floor as almost soccer with the with the run through and the leading passes and stuff like that and taking the open floor space. Um, to me, it's 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 ice hockey, but it's a little more technical. It's slower. It's slower. Yeah. So you have time to make those plays and you have time to hit those holes. And and when you do that, it really breaks down defenses. So I just like I like the mental aspect of it and the way that you can really strategize to to be successful in a game. Do you prefer the slap shot or the wrist shot? Oh, a slap shot or a half slap. I don't even think I can take a wrist shot. <laughs> no. That's tough. A lot of movement on the ball. Yeah, yeah. You get a little top spin on it there, and you can definitely dip it and curve it a little bit. Would you want to be a goalie? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I don't know how these guys do it, but, uh, you know, we have one coming with us from Manitoba. He's a, he's a good one, and uh, we have another one from Alberta, so hopefully we'll be set in net, and I won't have to worry about him too much. So if people want to monitor your progress overseas, where can they find scores and whatnot? Uh, so the uh, World Cup of Ball Hockey um, has a website. Um, you can find that on the isbhf.com website, which is the International Street and Ball Hockey Federation. There's a link to it, and uh, the games will be streamed and archived on YouTube. Okay, sounds good, Paul. Wish you the best of luck. Well, thank you very much for having me in, and yeah, we're going to go uh, try our best to take gold here. Last preseason game, my next guest got into the game, got to show off his long snapping skills. Zach Greenberg joins me. How are you doing, Zach? I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here. 
What was that moment like when you got to run out on the IG field turf? I mean, honestly, when people people ask me that question all the time, and it, it's, it's, I honestly don't really remember it much. Like, it was just kind of a blur. Like, I just remember, like, getting ready to run out. I didn't want to be, like, too—I didn't want to be at the back. I didn't want to be at the front, somewhere in the middle. And just running out on the field is—I just kind of, like, blacked out. And then I remember hitting— uh, high-fiving Buzz, high-fiving Boomer, and then I was already out on the field just looking around. What, what What's going on, you know? Because I was down there on the sidelines for CJOB, and I saw you run out there, and uh, the kick is good, and so you did your job. How much are you thinking, okay, just, just put the ball through the legs, just do my job? I mean, at this point, like, you know, I've been long snapping since I was in uh, grade 10 uh, at Grand Park High School, and, uh, you know, now I, and I did it all through college and it's just kind of uh, muscle memory at this point. Like my arms and my legs do the same thing every time. So I just, uh, it, it's just like, it's just kind of so, it's just so quick mm-hmm. and I'm already focused on, you know, picking my head up if it's a punt and blocking running downfield or if it's a field goal, getting my arms up and yeah, it just snaps off and it's good to go. So let's go back to grade 10. When did you decide to become a long snapper? What led to that happening? Well, so in growing up, I kind of played all over the place uh, with the Crescentwood Grizzlies. I, I just kind of went around like youth football. And uh, then my dad, uh, he started to tell me like we needed a long snapper for our high school team. So I was like, okay, well, I'll try that. I've already tried basically everything else except for quarterback and O-line. So might as well try this. And, you know, as I practiced, I, I got a lot better at it and, you know, I did that all throughout high school once I started doing that. And um, and then uh, it took me far enough that I was able to get a, a college scholarship to do it as well. So you went to Minnesota Crookston. What was that experience like? Uh, honestly, if I could go back, I wouldn't have wanted to go anywhere else. You know, I had a couple other offers coming out of high school, but I, w- I wanted to go with the one that was close to home. You know, the, they have the University of Minnesota degree, Big Ten degree. It's, you know, that, that was such a huge draw in me going there. Um, while I was there, I mean, I was recruited as a defensive end and a long snapper defensive end wasn't really, you know, for me at that point at 195 pounds, but, uh, you know, I really found what I wanted to do in long snapping. And at the back of my mind, I always thought, well, you know, this is not something everybody can do. Maybe this is something that I could take really far. What was the jump like from high school football in Winnipeg to college football in the United States? Well, in in high school, like I played DN, like I, I even scored a touchdown my senior year playing DN against Sisler. And, you know, I, I'd, I w- wouldn't like to say that I was an amazing DN, but I think I was pretty good. But then, you know, first two weeks, my freshman year, I was getting destroyed by Division two O linemen, just getting tossed. So me and my uh, position coach at the time, we had kind of a mutual agreement because I was going to be starting at long snapper that... Uh, it was just kind of better for me, not re- really wanting to risk my hand, stuff like that. And uh, it was just better for me to just stick with long snapping full time. What does a typical practice look like for you then as a long snapper? Are you just snapping balls the whole time? Well, so, you know, with anything, like repetitions are huge. Like you don't want to over snap because, you know, you'll you'll exhaust yourself. And, you know, it sounds it's like over snapping. It's like with anything like quarterbacks, you know, you don't want to throw too much because your arms will get tired and you could get hurt that way. So, you know, we usually limit it to like 50 balls a day in college. That's what we did. Uh, me and the other long snapper, we would always uh, snap to each other. And, uh, 
And, you know, we would, a lot of stretching was involved in practice. Uh, we would always help out uh, the coaches with drill stuff. Like, I didn't really have to do that with the Bombers because they, uh, they, have, they have guys for that to, mm-hmm. to help with the drills and stuff. But in college, there wasn't as many much on-field help. So uh, we would always help out with drill, stuff like that. I would also play a little bit of scout team defense. How far could you snap a football? So it's funny you say that. We, um, me and my friend Stefan, he was the other long snapper at my college. Uh, we would uh, we would just go into the gym and we could see how far we could go. And there was one time that like just on the basketball court, I, I snapped one baseline to baseline. So that was, it was pretty far, but you know, I know like distance snapping is not really, uh, you know, it's kind of so, useless. It's kind of useless for what you're doing. I mean, it's it's good for like power purposes yeah. because you you're snapping the ball so hard, you get used to like really like putting some power into it. So as long as as long as you get the uh, the accuracy down, it could be helpful in some ways. So when did you find out that you were going to be putting on a blue bomber jersey? So. I had already gotten a job for the summer. You know, I, I always, uh, I had hired an agent and I, I really, you know, wanted to pursue CFL opportunities. But for this year, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, then 7.30 on a Sunday morning, uh, it was a week into training camp already. I got a call from uh, Kyle Walters and uh, I was asleep at 7.30 in the yeah. morning on a, on a Sunday. Yeah. And then, you know, I called him back right when I realized it was him and, he asked me how quickly I could get to the stadium. I went to the stadium, got a tryout at 11.30, and uh, after that, he told me he wanted me to come back the next day and sign. So did you make sure not to speed? <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I mean, I was half asleep. I honestly thought I was still dreaming when when I was on the phone with him, but uh you know, I uh, I had to make sure not to get into get into any trouble right, before I arrived. And what was that first experience like on the field? Did you feel intimidated at all? Um, well, I got the opportunity to play at IG Field uh, back in high school right. uh, for for some playoff games. So I had played on the field before, but you know, going out at the conclusion of practice, you know, uh, you know, I had been snapping like up until the day before. So like I was pretty confident in what I could do. So I just kind of went out there and, you know, I got, I shook Justin Medlock's hand, been watching him play for, I, I don't even know how long. Sorry, sorry, Medi. But, uh, <laughs> so we, uh, so I went out to him, snapped to him. He said, they're all pretty good balls. And then, uh, and yeah, I was out there for maybe 10 minutes and then went back inside. So after that, and you came back, how much time did you spend working with Chad Rempel? So, me and Rent worked. Uh, we worked quite a bit together. I worked also a lot with uh, Gabriel Ortiz, who uh, has who's since signed with Hamilton, mm-hmm. and uh, Justin Medlock a lot. Uh, one thing uh, Rent really showed me was uh, rotation with the ball for uh, field goal snaps and how like crucial that is. And uh, one thing Medi was always uh, was showing me was was timing. So it, when I say timing, I mean. So the the defensive line, when when I'm about to snap the ball, will try and time up my snap so they can rush right when I snap it. So one thing he really worked with me on was, you know, pausing and holding it so to try and throw them off so they would either jump offside or not be able to get that jump on me. Right. How cohesive is, not just in the CFL, but in your experience, how tight-knit is that kind of battery of snapper, holder, kicker? I mean, in, in football in general, like, that's such a tight-knit group. Like, when I was in college, like, we like we would have, like, little specialist meetings, like, with just the four of us, and right. we would just go out for dinner with each other, and, like, even in the locker room with the Bombers, like, we would, uh, you know, we would have 
during the during the the offense defense meetings we we wouldn't have to do anything for that so you know we would bond together we would you know go in the hot tub get a lift in or something like that do a little extra reps in the locker room something like that so where's your bomber jersey now my bomber jersey is still at the facility. I've uh, I've requested that I get it, um, but we'll see if uh, they get back to me on that. <laughs> it would be nice to have. It'd be nice to have. I mean, I know they're. I don't think they're going to use it, and I know they're probably not going to give ninety-seven out to nobody. Switch to it, but you know, it's a it's a big number to have, especially. Uh, and it was big shoes to fill wearing number 97, which was obviously Doug Brown's number. Mm-hmm. Born in 97. Born in 97 as well. So I thought when I walked into the locker room and saw that 97 was going to be my number, I was like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so last question, what's the future hold for you? So basically, I'm just going to keep training now. Um, you know, I plan to uh, get back on the field. I I, I hope that, uh, you know, I, I think that I proved that I can play in the CFL and uh, and long snap in the CFL f- and have a long career doing it. So I'm just going to keep up my training and uh, just wait for the next opportunity. Well, wish you the best of luck. I appreciate that very much. Thanks, Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me on. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?